From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All righty. That was a great first hour with Chris Crowley. If you missed it, uh, you know, anytime you miss something uh, you were looking forward to on TNT Radio, it's all archived. So don't freak out. Simon from Florida will be joining us to talk all things global geopolitics and the grand chessboard. I was just looking real quick through some news um, in Croatia. There's, uh, you know, talking about uh, bringing back mandates uh, again. Well, in, in schools, at least, for example, masks, um, this sort of stuff. And I'm looking at here the main the garbage Mexican mainstream papers. Um, oh, uh, units, hospital units are are reinforcing, you know, their, their guards because of this uptick in respiratory cases. It's winter people. Come on. I mean, I, this is also laughable. Um, just to, it says because of the cold here in Mexico, it's like not even, you know, anywhere near uh, zero. They're shifting school hours. I used to live in minus 30 degrees without a problem. I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. In, in my yurt in Mongolia, um, the, the you know, the restroom was an outhouse. And if it's minus 30 outside, you got to, you know, in your jammies, walk out. <laughs> walk out to the outhouse and minus 30 you get used to it no big deal um you know it you know it did get in kazakhstan when it got really bad you know minus like 40 they'd shut the schools down for a week maybe but come on mexico what are you doing you're too soft uh, all right news real quick aaron, uh, aaron day who's uh, who i've had on the program does really great work uh, he comments on this political news item uh, from yesterday treasury passes presses congress for new power and crypto crackdown, Aaron Day says CBDC is coming. It will have bipartisan support. A lot of geopolitical news. Venezuela prepares for possible invasion into Guyana. Reports from Brazilian intelligence suggest an imminent military move by the Venezuelan army against the Republic of Guyana in the coming days, raising concerns about regional stability and territorial disputes in South America. Javier Milei of Argentina, you know, the other day I was mentioning he had his, well, he had his phone call with the head of, of the IMF, his overlords. Now he's having lunch with Bill Clinton. Enough said right there. Enough said. <laughs> really, what else can I tell you? You know, they when the system needs to give us heroes, they will provide them uh, for us. Khamenei out in Iran, he tweets, the geopolitical map of West Asia has changed in favor of the resistance. Resistance is the victor. The main characteristic of this new map that is gradually establishing itself is de-Americanization, which means a rejection of American hegemony in the region. U.S. plans for forming a new Middle East have failed. They planned to eliminate Hezbollah, but it's 10 times stronger now. They failed to devour Iraq and Syria, and they failed to settle the Palestinian dispute to the benefit of the usurper regime using a devious two-state solution. Again, retweet does not equal uh, endorsement. I'm just stating what Khamenei is saying. Uh, also, Turkish President Erdogan has branded Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu the butcher of Gaza, and accused him of spawning anti-Semitism across the world uh, in a recent speech Erdogan 
gave. And China's push for influence in Micronesia tests U.S. power in the Pacific. Beijing is persistently courting one of America's closest partners in the Pacific, giving Micronesia the benefit of two superpower benefactors, but prompting fears among local leaders that the island nation could be caught up in a brawl between them. So again, this is part of the new, new great game, East and West, uh, you know, realigning the grand chessboard, as, as big new Brzezinski called it. Uh, also, the campaign for nuclear disarmament sees the recent visit of U.S. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks um, to the Royal Air Force Base uh, Lackenheath as further proof that Washington is preparing the Suffolk Air Base to host new U.S. nuclear weapons in Britain. Not good. Also, more tensions. Any decision by Finland to allow a concentration of troops on its border with Russia? Uh, remember, they just shut down their border for at least two weeks to, uh, what do you call it, two weeks to slow the spread. <laughs> they shut their border with Russia. Uh, so uh, any decision by Finland to allow a concentration of troops on its border with Russia would be viewed as by Moscow as a threat, the Kremlin said, after Poland offered to send military advisors uh, to help Helsinki police the frontier. Um, also, Russian submarine will get a boost um, with hypersonic missile capabilities. The Ar Arkhangelsk was rolled out of the construction hall into a launch dock in a ceremony attended by Russian Navy Commander Yevmenov. So, Again, you see a lot of, um, you know, militarization upgrades, you know, U.S. stationing nukes in Britain, uh, Russia rolling out the hypersonic subs, uh, reports that Russia sent uh, military reinforcements to northeast Syria, uh, as well as Iran-backed militias uh, also being active there. What's going on there? And this is a big news. Russia takes control of Iraq's biggest oil discovery for 20 years, oil price. Um, it goes on to say that the Eridu field is the biggest oil find in Iraq in the last, last 20 years, and Russia wants to control all of it alongside its chief geopolitical ally, China. This is in line with Moscow and Beijing's objective of keeping the West out of energy deals in Iraq to keep Baghdad closer to the new Iran-Saudi axis and to end the Western hegemony, hegemony in the Middle East that will become the decisive chapter in the West's final demise exclusively related to oil price, uh, as as was exclusively related to oilprice.com. The approval last week by Iraq's oil minister um, to sell its 40% stake in the Block 10 region um, contains the Eridu discovery. Uh, so yeah, a lot is going on. Don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app smartphone app from either the apple app store or google play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere anytime it's available right now to download stay up to speed with tnt radio talk that matters for once we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world today's news talk radio tnt the world holocaust organization i mean sorry i mean the world uh, homicide i mean world health organization who issued a dire warning for gaza this week saying that if the humanitarian aid situation is not immediately improved 
more Palestinians could die of disease than Israel's bombing campaign. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Ivory. I've run out of uh, ways to say WHO now. Uh, thanks. Uh, so well, whoever they are, whatever we want to call them, they warned this week that disease could cause the most deaths in Gaza amid the Israel-Hamas conflict that erupted last month. That's right. The World Health Organization is disease obsessed. But regardless, the UN-backed health agency said that the healthcare system needs to be repaired, warning of a surge in infectious diseases and diarrhea in children. The WHO's Margaret Harris uh, said during a UN briefing in Geneva on Tuesday the following, quote, eventually we will see more people dying from disease than we are even seeing from the bombardment if we are not able to put back together this health system, end quote. She repeated concerns about a rise in infectious diseases, particularly diarrhea in infants and children, with cases for those aged five and older surging to more than 100 times normal levels by early November. Um, quote, everybody everywhere has dire health needs now because they're starving, because they lack clean water and they're crowded together. Uh, that's what Ms. Harris said, adding that there is, quote, no medicine, no access to safe water and hygiene and no food, end quote. She added that about three quarters of hospitals or 26 out of 36 have shut down entirely in Gaza due to the military operation or lack of fuel. If there are no changes to the healthcare system, quote, there will be more and more people falling sick and the risk of major outbreaks will increase dramatically, end quote. That's Richard Brennan, the regional emergency director for WHO's Eastern Mediterranean sub-agency, according to Qatar-backed uh, Al Jazeera television. Earlier this month, health officials provided more details about what diseases might be spreading throughout Gaza. Uh, notably, they do not include COVID. They include cholera, a type of contagious diarrheal disease illness that is spread via contaminated water and which can lead to death, as well as typhoid, a type of salmonella bacteria that also results in death. The World Health Organization, which has been accused by critics of a lack of transparency and favoritism to the Chinese regime during the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic, also said that under those conditions, fighting should not resume. They again called for a permanent ceasefire. However, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that his country will resume its war against Hamas, a State Department-designated terrorist organization, amid a several-day-long ceasefire. He stated last week, quote, we are at war and we will continue the war. We will continue until we achieve all our goals, end quote. About a week before that, President Joe Biden said he would not back a permanent ceasefire because Hamas represents a threat to the Israeli nation and that its military is seeking to avoid civilian deaths. We all know the story. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this current temporary ceasefire that has allowed for the release of Hamas-captured hostages recently is scheduled to end Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure if that's today. I think they're extending it. 
Um, but yeah, we're that's where we're at right now, Harvori. We now have the World Health Organization jumping on the crisis happening in Gaza to try to drum up some disease fear mongering or this could be a serious problem. I mean, it sure sounds like it. I've seen other reports that suggest the entire health system has failed, not just three quarters of it. Uh, what do you think about all this? Well, maybe both, right? What did they say about broken clock being right twice uh, uh, a day? You know, at least the United Abominations isn't spreading cholera yet in Gaza like they did in Haiti, uh, right? But, um, you know, the, the, the WHO is going to jump at the chance to play up any disease. Disease X, oh, it's cold, uh, lock everything down, inject people with Pentagon juice, yada, yada, yada. But but i think they do they you know they do have a point with in the wartime um you know basic hygiene is key if you look at the 20th century i i did deep dive on vaccines and you know a lot of the disease in the early 20th century came from lack of infrastructure you know clean water electricity uh clean streets and once that was all fixed you know halfway through the 20th century all these uh diseases that supposedly vaccines save they they were eradicated before vaccines were introduced uh so you didn't even need the vaccines and so it was because of you know building out of water you know infrastructure in cities and cleaning up the sewage systems and all that and so in gaza now if you're having these problems you know most definitely the, the WH, uh, the World Health Organization, is going. You know, has a point uh, because if you don't have clean water, if if you can't have you know good hygiene in general because everything's bombed out, you know, simple diseases will become more complicated. You know, I recently had to take antibiotics, and if I didn't have access to these cheap, readily available antibiotics in the pharmacy five minutes away, you know, I was told you know, I could have. I could have eventually died. This simple disease could have developed into something more complicated and I could have died. And, you know, the same thing is going on in Gaza. What, you know, your further thoughts? Well, the, the situation, as you just described, it, it itself is a symptom, not the disease. I mean, so let's presume, OK, we'll get like the Red Cross in there and everybody will clean up the place, fix up the health, get the hospitals running again. Our our. our Correct me if I'm wrong here, but won't they just get bombed again? Wouldn't it just be like an endless cycle? So I don't I don't I, it seems to me like worrying about that is like trying to put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. And I, and I think we need to be more looking at a permanent solution here and a peaceful one, um, you know, whether or not that's a permanent ceasefire, whatever they call it. But I mean, yeah, just quick fix on the hospitals aren't going to fix anything if they're just going to get bombed again. Right. So I think the situation is bigger. Uh, than just the, the hospitals falling apart, sadly. Indeed, a uh, very difficult situation to live in those conditions. Um, and, you know, we are entering the the holiday season, the Christmas season. So I could also only imagine uh, for people out there in Gaza what life will be like. Uh, hopefully the tide turns soon. Hopefully, Arrakis. Well, uh, all right. Thanks for that. We'll see you tomorrow. We got Simon from Florida joining us. His Twitter is Simon from F-L-O-R-I and the number two to talk multipolarity, geopolitics and all that jazz. We'll be right back. 
You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, Certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained Uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Back in time, and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, You have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son. And yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. And I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Returning to the guerrilla, or as uh, in Spanish is more accurately pronounced, guerrilla information war battle space rebel transmission simon from florida analyst uh he's frequently uh on george galloway's program weaponized news you can find him on x at simon from florida too how are you doing simon um very well 
it's a pleasure to be with you again. Um, this apparently is my uh, dozenth appearance. So um, thank you ever so much for hosting me so frequently. But um, it's very interesting that you just mentioned uh, my um, occasional visit to Mr. Galloway. I was on his show earlier today and not trying to um, blow my horn, so to speak. But I pushed um, something that I had noticed occurring in the United Nations General Assembly and in the United Nations Security Council today that, I'll be honest, was slightly speculative. And when I explained um, how I had reached my deduction, the most extraordinary thing happened. You may be aware that um, his wife is from Indonesia. They are on close personal terms with the current foreign minister who attended their wedding in 2012. But it turns out that he was also on good terms with another uh, senior Indonesian uh, diplomat who's currently engaging in shuttle diplomacy. And though he hadn't been willing to um, publicly announce the information that he was given just on Sunday, based upon what I um, said was now possible to deduce from the representations from the uh, Indonesian foreign minister and the Jordanian and the Qatari and the Saudi foreign ministers and the Chinese foreign minister, all of whom spoke at the UN Security Council, he went ahead and said that um, it had indeed been uh, told to him last weekend that there is a plan afoot to um, present initially to the UN Security Council on behalf of the um, Arab League and OIC a uh, proposal essentially to enforce all existing UN General Assembly and UN Security Council resolutions with regard to uh, recognition of Palestine and the final geographical settlement. So all of the land issues, right? And that if Israel refuses to accept this fait accompli and the United States vetoed it, then the rest of the world will form, and this is my phrase based upon the historical precedent, a coalition of the willing in order to impose that outcome. This, you know, indeed is is big news. Um, although, you know, th this sort of stuff has been discussed for many, many years. And, um, you know, my initial gut re reaction would be nothing much might happen. But uh, so, you, so you're saying that, you know, they, they there might be strong push now for a two state solution. Uh, yes. for the creation it, of Palestine? That would essentially require an emergency Israeli evacuation of the West Bank and potentially military intervention from nations in order to safeguard those perimeters. There is also the danger, don't you think? So, I mean, it could go two ways, three ways. I know the Russians, Lavrov and Putin have specifically been discussing there needs to be a two-state solution um, and, and to, to create the state of Palestine. But uh, also, um, Simon, don't you think there's the danger of Israel 
the hardliners expanding the war uh, the, the, and creating the hardliners complications. have have made it very clear that they're implementing what Smotrich in 2017 or 18 called the decision plan, which is um, three choices, uh, surrender and uh, subjugation, uh, expulsion or death. And those are the three choices. And um, it, the rest of the world simply isn't willing to stand by and see this. Supposedly, um, Hamas have offered a all for all swap that's been rejected by the uh, Israeli cabinet. First of all, Ben Gvir, with uh, his fellow party member, the Minister for Heritage, who you recall suggested nuking Gaza, and um, another member, have said they will bring down the government if they don't restart the war tomorrow. And Smotrich has then gone and backed them up on that um, and said that there shouldn't be any further um, delay or hostage exchanges. So it's crystal clear to the entire world that, um, is, you know, you had the uh, Israeli, Mr. Erdan, um, the uh, Israeli ambassador to the UN today, saying that Palestine had rejected um, peace proposal after peace proposal. The only two of which he could name were um, unofficial proposals from uh, Trump and Clinton. But when you look at the Oslo Accords and dozens of UN and um, Security Council on General Assembly resolutions on this matter, not least of which occurred yesterday in the General Assembly when they had their... Um, discussion on the um, report, the annual report on the um, exercise of the inalienable rights of the Palestinian people. Noting, of course, today is the 46th um, annual International Day of Solidarity with the uh, Palestinian people. The Israelis were uh, well prepared both yesterday and today at the Assembly and in the Security Council to um, push back as hard as ever. But it would seem, and rest assured, having been watching the Security Council since the debates leading up to the first Gulf War in uh, 1991, you know, I'm very well versed in the nature of the talking shop achieving very little. But in much the same way as we are seeing a turning point in history and events happening at a, um, a greater pace and, as Z said last week, a ever accelerating pace than have happened in the last century, this may indeed be one of those issues bearing in mind that it indeed dealt, dates back over 100 years to the Balfour Declaration in 1917. So I'm not telling you this is going to happen and it's going to happen next week. What I'm saying is it, it appears to have a groundswell of support. It was unexpected and frankly astonishing to me that Mr Galloway um, very graciously said that as far as he had been informed 
unofficially off the record on Sunday that what I had deduced was entirely correct and that mm-hmm. this scheme, that's not to say that it's guaranteed to succeed, but that there is an attempt to implement it and the initial draft resolution is already being circulated amongst members of the UN Security Council. Now, you know, if, if you could just, through. Simon, if you just hold that thought, you know, that, that's um, a big news. We're going to jump to our headlines. We'll be right back. I have some even more exciting news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 16 hostages were released by Hamas on Wednesday, including one American citizen with dual citizenship. 12 of the hostages were Israeli citizens, including 49-year-old Liat Atzili, who is a dual Israel-American citizen. The U.S. military now assesses that one or more missiles that were launched from Yemen and traveled in the same general direction of a U.S. warship in the neighboring Gulf of Aden on Monday morning were not targeting the U.S. Navy vessel. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We're back with Simon from Florida and talking about uh, Israel-Palestine um, moves toward a two-state solution. I thought, you know, I, I did want to get your reaction as well, uh, reading uh, Khamenei's tweets today. He tweets out, the geopolitical map of West Asia has changed in favor of the resistance. Resistance is the victor. The main characteristic of this new map that is gradually uh, gradually establishing itself is de-Americanization, which means the rejection of American hegemony in the region. He also follows that up um, with a tweet saying, U.S. plans for forming a new Middle East have failed. They plan to eliminate Hezbollah. It's 10 times stronger now. They failed to devour Iraq and Syria. They failed to settle the Palestinian dispute to the benefit of the usurper regime, uh, Israel, using a devious two-state solution. So that's kind of um, interesting, but uh, I, I think I, I, I cut you off. You were um, going to uh, continue? No, I, I saw those and I actually retweeted all those messages within seconds of them being published from um, uh, Ayatollah Khamenei's um, Twitter account, of which he has several today. Um, it should be noted that the Iranians have been pushing a one-state solution. So everything in terms of the occupied territories and Israel as it currently exists are merged together. The Palestinians get the right to return to their initial homes that they were forced from in 1948 and that uh, you then have a general election, but that would entirely um, wipe out essentially not the uh, existence of the people, but the Jewish nature of the Israeli state. Um, because it would become much closer to 50-50 than it currently is now, which is kind of like 70 um, Jewish, 20% Palestinian and 5% Christian, roughly, right? And so um, that hasn't really got um, much legs, uh, whether or not people have given up on it because it's been under discussion since Oslo in, what you know, like, 93 Um, And this was entirely the basis upon which the Jordanian uh, peace accord, the um, Wadi Araba uh, peace accord in 1994 was done, right, was that in very short order, there would be a two-state solution. 
But instead, obviously, Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated. And so that never um, came to pass, right? But, you know, the, the whole world is fed up of this situation being a uh, running sore. And what I found particularly interesting, the, the nature of which was utterly different to everyone else who spoke at the uh, Security Council meeting, though there was a particularly disgusting uh, turn of phrase that was distorted by the American representative, Mrs. Greenfield, which we can discuss if you, we have time. But it was the Russians who went through in detail giving all of the examples of double standards, both as to the rights of children, the rights of women, international law and international humanitarian law, in some cases comparing it to NATO and American statements in relation to Ukraine and otherwise in relation to other conflicts, and making the point, which is undoubtedly true, that the entire global South has seen all of these examples en masse reduced to mutilated flesh, and that they now understand that um, a brown life is significantly less valuable in Western eyes than a um, Israeli life. And so they made the point very strongly that the global majority, which is the Russian phrase for the global south, has had their guts full of this situation. And um, you mentioned the, the Russians, and I did want to also discuss Putin's the Putin uh, speech. Speech, and you know, any, any other thoughts on uh, particularly the, the Middle East? before moving no, on let, let's let's go to the putin speech if, if we like because i think that was quite significant it wasn't just that one paragraph that you and i both focused on there was a couple of his other comments in relation to the nature of russian sovereignty what the russian world actually means and the nature of the russian mm -hmm. family as well yeah if i may just read uh one paragraph at the beginning i listened to the speech um translated people can read it and again i think this is important for people to do, I know you do it, um, Simon, and people can't just get their uh, news from you know brief articles or, or headlines. You need to go to the Chinese government website, the Russian, Iranian, Israeli, you name it, and read speeches from world leaders. And you know, for me, it's interesting that Putin comes out. He says, "It is the it is our country, it is the Russian world that has blocked the way of those who aspired to world domination and exceptionalism, as it has happened in many times in history." You know, Napoleon, Hitler. Uh, he goes. Uh, he goes on to say, "We're now fighting not just for Russia's freedom, but for the freedom of the whole world." We can frankly say that the, that the dictatorship of one hegemon is becoming decrepit. We see it, and everyone sees it now. It's getting out of control and is simply dangerous for others. This is now clear to the global majority but again it is our country that, that is now at the forefront of building a fairer world order i would like to stress this without a sovereign and strong russia no lasting and stable international system is possible uh but you know your, your further thoughts on this and then other parts of the speech that you deem important Simon. so 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 that was the exactly the paragraph that i also identified as being the most significant so we are in total agreement on that in terms of the new world order aspects and the rejection of the hegemon that clearly is the united states when he refers like china to the hegemon or the hegemonic power and um it, 
the, the nature of the event is important, though, albeit it's unclear whether it's the 25th or the 30th anniversary, because the um, transcript refers to 30, but the signage in the pictures has XXV, indicating 25 in Roman numerals. But um, it, it's being hosted by the Russian patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church, right? And it's the um, World Russian People's Council. And um, the Russian Federation of various representatives have repeatedly made the point that certainly in relation to Ukraine, they're not trying to restore the Russian empire, though Alexander Dugan um, in the last couple of months has shifted his position and actually said that that would be a uh, positive outcome. In this case, what was quite stunning to me is um, Putin says um, that in terms of, he actually defines what they call the Ruski Mir, the Russian world. And this is very important. This is big news as well. Okay. And I hadn't seen anybody else picking up on this. Is He said that it's not only the um, ancient Rus, and it's not only the Muscovy of the Tsars, which means like Catherine the Great and um, uh, uh, Alexander the Great and um, Ivan the Terrible and all those kind of people. It's not only the Russian Empire, which is like Tsar Nicholas II, you know, pre-revolutionary um, Russia. And it's not only the um, Soviet Union, nor is it the current Russian Federation, but it is all of those combined and he then goes on to say that this is not necessarily in terms of geography but is in terms of sovereignty but he doesn't define sovereignty and most people would take that you can be i guess you can have jurisdiction over peoples but normally you have sovereignty over land as well as its subjects or citizenry Right. So that was an extremely um, ambiguous term there. But he also uses the phrase about the triune of Russia. And he says that that is Russia, Belarus, which obviously is extremely tied to Russia under the Union state and Ukraine. And I interpreted that. And once again, people can take entirely different views. And we could have Maria Zakharova come out and issue a clarification in her weekly press conference next Tuesday. But that, to me, looked like quite a significant extension of his declared um, uh, Ukrainian conflict goals. I thought that speech had some very, very significant things in it, not least of which declaring next year to be the year of the Russian family and announcing an enormous push for every family to have four or five children in order to sustain the population so they don't suffer like Japan. I mean, your point is well made. These things occur. I watched it broadcast live by RT with simultaneous translation, which unfortunately and I, on RT often is very, very difficult to hear. It's loud Russian and very, very faint um, English, albeit that it's accurate. So before going uh, live with this, which I did on my own show, um, Weaponized News on uh, Rumble, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, literally just minutes before 
I came on air with you, waited to have the official transcript. And it was ironic that just as I sent you the official transcript, you were, um, you know, watching it on um, on Telegram. So in this case, um, reasonable, if not great minds were thinking alike, I guess. Yeah, I actually bookmarked that. Um, uh, I, I found uh, it was from Sputnik, but uh, a, a dubbed, a, a good quality dubbed in English uh, edition. And I had bookmarked it like uh, yesterday. I just hadn't had time to uh, listen to it. Um, and yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Someone in the chat, uh, our friend Chuck says, I agree. Putin is signaling the future total conquest of Ukraine. Well, maybe not total, but at least the Russian uh, portions. Um, and then, you know, any further, well, it's time for our break. Time flies uh, already, uh, Simon. People can follow Simon uh, on X, what used to formerly known as Twitter, at Simon from F-L-O-R-I, and the number two. He tweets out his appearances there as well, whether it's on George Galloway's program, Weaponized News, which you can also follow right there and uh, listen to right there on X or Facebook and Rumble. Uh, our phone lines are open. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. While the fiery images of mostly peaceful protests coming out of central Dublin over the weekend were disturbing, and although no one condones arson, property damage, and violence against police, it was good to see the Irish finally get their Irish up and direct their ire where it properly belongs, against their own government, which has been selling out the Irish people for decades now. What triggered the upheaval? The stabbing of a young woman and two little children, including a five-year-old girl who is still in hospital with life-threatening injuries, by a Muslim maniac who was, you guessed it, known to police. The Garda disarmed the man just last month after finding him with an illegal knife. They knew he was a problem and they did nothing to stop these attacks. Ireland is actively promoting its own destruction. It is committing suicide in exactly the same way the United Kingdom committed social suicide. The number one name for new boys in Galway last year, Mohammed for the first time ever. Ireland needs to get a hold of the fact that the enemy is within the gates and their own government are the ones that have opened the doors. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. You're with Hervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Our final segment with Simon from Florida, prolific uh, geopolitical, uh, how might, might we call it, clairvoyant. Um, and just on Russia, you know, we were discussing Putin's recent speech, but, you know, there are a lot of interesting signals going on um finland shutting its border for two weeks with russia to to slow the spread right i don't know what's going on there poland offering to send troops um russia deploying now a new submarine armed with hypersonics in northeast syria russia sending reinforcements or 
more accurately sending uh, right yeah military reinforcements to northeast to, to Syria and uh, the Americans are there illegally in the northeast part of uh Syria so a lot of stuff going on uh, and I think in the west we're seeing signals um uh, how they're not too keen anymore on uh Ukraine or Zelensky that maybe they want to try to wind things down your your thoughts sort of on uh, where we are See, there was one other point that I found interesting in this um, speech, and it's not particularly long. It, it really isn't. It's, what is it, like four pages or something? It's not unbearably long. Um, it's, he actually defines not only the Russian world, which is very important because it hadn't previously been clearly defined, but he also defines the nature of the Russian people. And he says that it is absolutely not just people who live within the current territorial borders of the Russian Federation, nor is it people who actually um, speak Russian as their home language, but it also includes people who associate with Russian culture and Russian history, which is very much in tune with his idea that is directly linked to um, Professor Dugan, of the civilizational state. And that is a phrase that he's been using repeatedly this year. And it's also a phrase that um, President Xi of China has been um, using when he's been talking about picking the best things from um, civilizations across the annals of time in order to construct the ideal shared future for humanity. And it should be noted that in the most recent Chinese white paper that came out on Friday with relatively um, little um, fanfare, certainly in the United States, given that it was uh, a day of hangovers for most of us being the day after Thanksgiving, that the Chinese are now saying that one of the issues that they're gonna focus on next year is indeed as part of the um, transition of the Belt and Road Forum into having not exclusively, but more of a technological base. So more data, AI, um, electronic connectivity, rather than uh, physical infrastructure, that point number five of their plan for the next decade going forward, starting in January, is the outright open promotion of the Chinese vision of a shared future for humanity. So they've told us flat out, this is our number one propaganda goal for the world for the next decade, starting in January. These are important well. points and people are missing them because it's either a Friday or it's in Russian. I, yeah, I just wanted to add, uh, I, I just took a second look um, at your behest, and I thought this was an a, a interesting sentence from the speech Putin gave, where he says, quote, the Russian world means ancient Rus, the Tsardom of Muscovy, the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union, and modern Russia that is reclaiming, consolidating, and augmenting its sovereignty as a global power. Um, you know, you mentioned China. Uh, I, I saw you also tweeted this news, which I, I follow a lot closely, particularly globally, uh, you know, biometric updates. Uh, and you, you talk about Austra Australia uh, inviting bids now for national ID. Vietnam just announced 
eyeball scans are become are going to become mandatory for Vietnamese national digital uh, ID. And you know, do you have any further thoughts on the technocracy that's going on globally, or yeah, you know, so, China, um, Australia, um, rather quietly have announced that they have approached a um, pre-selected group of potential contractors for one company to have the monopoly on providing the sole form of digital identity for the nation of Australia. So talk about a, um, you know, uh, concentration of, of power there. And the fact that they didn't put it out to general tender, but they've pre-selected the companies who can even bid on that um, I would probably describe them all as uh, potential stakeholders. But, you know, what, look what we've got starting tomorrow. We've got COPE 28. The theme is that the Western world should abandon, quote, its addiction with um, eating meat. And we're told that we now need to engage in responsible consumption whilst they're rolling out the idea of individual carbon allowances. And you could potentially trade your ability to take an international flight for a vacation in order for the right to get an extra helping of uh, bugs for your family per week. And I'm not joking. That, yeah, no, you're not. But that's exactly why for lunch today I had a steak. I ordered a kilo of grilled steak uh, here in Mexico uh, while I can. And, um, you know, it was it's being reported now. The FAO. Um, now outlining a plan, I guess they want Western governments to implement to now decrease meat consumption. I, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to try and do that. Um, but that's definitely going on and just more and more reports of how they're going to go after gas powered cars. I read in Germany insurance the, the you know, some whistleblower in an insurance company in Germany was saying you won't be able to insure a gas-powered car or you know um it might be a perfectly fun functioning 10-year-old gas-powered car that's too old sorry you can't insure it which means you can't drive it um and so yeah that insanity but, but in, britain, is, in britain you're seeing that it costs thousands and thousands of pounds to insure an electric vehicle because if they have any kind of collision not only likely to burst into flames but if the battery's damaged it costs 10 or twenty thousand pounds to replace so it drives you to the goal of having neither car Right. Yeah, that's, that's a, the end that goal. Is, you you that, walk to mm -hmm. everything or take public transport. If you're a good good little boy or girl, if you're a thought criminal, your you know digital payment for the public transport, it's going to be eh, access denied. You can't even take public transport pretty soon. I think. You know, I mean, Uber, for example, if you don't have a car, your only option is going to be the public tram, bus or taking an uber but we've seen already what's happened in the past couple of years there have been thought criminals in the west banned from using um uber or remember during COVID, if you didn't wear your mask the driver could have reported you and you know after an, a certain number of complaints you could have been banned as a user from um uber so it's going that way you know stanley johnson boris johnson's eugenicist father i saw a clip of him recently talking about you know, we might may, we we might have to come to terms with not being able to fly uh, on a plane uh, anymore. So it's a total uh, insane program, particularly uh, you know for the West. Uh, but, I think. But no, but, but no, he said in that interview, 
not that people might choose to do that because they have a social conscience about the greater good, but that people would have to accept that they would be told they couldn't fly to Spain on vacation. You, you know, we're just going to have to hop on the metaverse, buy, you know, the the Oculus VR virtual reality thingamajig and a 500 bucks or whatever, uh, and then throw it on your head. And, you know, you're you're in <laughs> you're in Spain. I've, I've been I spent a well, week. Well, in Spain, well, of course, you would you wouldn't buy. You'd rent it because we'll own nothing and be happy. Right. That's right. You wouldn't be able to buy one. You have to. You'd have to rent it. Um, we got a couple of minutes left, three three minutes to midnight. Uh, Simon, you know, other things that were on your radar. It was interesting to see reports in Venezuela that they're possibly preparing for invasion into Guyana. So, yep. you so know, they're, they're having cabinet meetings in the next couple of days. And then a referendum this week, which is relatively unusual, a uh, country having a referendum about um, invading its neighbor. But that's entirely what they plan to do because they're claiming two thirds of the landmass of the neighboring country of Guyana that happens to be particularly oil rich. And supposedly American special forces have already been deployed to um, defeat the armored advance. And we shouldn't forget before we wrap up that we had the first uh, NATO-Ukraine council meeting. Um, it only lasted two hours. They gave them nothing. And the Ukrainian foreign minister was so disgusted, he didn't even attend the press conference afterwards. And um, Jen Stoltenberger w was particularly nervous, um, refused to answer any of the questions directly. People ended up asking him about um, Bosnia, and a Kosovo and the Indo-Pacific in the end, because he simply wouldn't answer any direct questions about Ukraine. And it very oddly, he was hopping literally from left foot to right foot and back as if he was absolutely bursting to urinate. So that was a rather unedifying spectacle on his own. The Ukrainians having stormed out, having been given nothing towards their goal of joining NATO, which in theory would happen at the Washington conference just next year. Yeah, and you know, just seeing, uh, you know, what do you think of this story we discussed um, yesterday with with Ruckus that the head of Ukraine's military intelligence, the wife, uh, was poisoned like Novichok Skripal style. Something really stinks with that story, but uh, you know, it could be signals that the West is getting ready to throw Ukrainian uh, leadership I, I, I'm, under I'm, under the bus. I'm, I'm more concerned about the seaworthiness of the. Uh, two yachts totaling $75 million that it's alleged that Zelensky had a pair of cut-out brothers purchased for him uh, last weekend, a $50 million yacht and a $25 million yacht. So it would appear that he's um, he's preparing his, his escape plan. We had escape from New York, escape from LA, escape from Kiev. Uh, that's the... <laughs> that's the third one well always Pro great to probably, have you uh, probably uh -huh. probably odessa rather than kiev with a yacht right escape, escape from odessa always great to have you on simon let us know again the best places to find you in, in the metaverse um the best place is just uh search the, the name weaponized news with a z no space no underscores or anything on um twitter rumble and uh facebook um, followers greatly appreciated it's free and we're covering this type of news um, much like you but with a rather more irreverent flavor 
hourly, um, five or six days a week. All right. Thank you. We're out of time. I'm signing off. Steve Malzberg is up next. Be seeing you.